0: Hello friends, today's date is Wednesday the 18th of March 2020. We live in challenging times. In response to the COVID-19 outbreak, the Church of Scotland took a decision yesterday to cease public worship for the time being to keep our population safe. This means that there will be no services in Manifield on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday morning. We do hope to broadcast a service through web streaming channels of some form, working along with our colleagues in West Aberdeen churches. More of that nearer the weekend. I know some of you listen to podcasts of our Sunday services. We also have services on a Wednesday. So far, we've not been podcasting these services. But over this time, I will be providing a Wednesday podcast following the themes planned for our Wednesday services. So today is the first of these. Our readings are from Joshua chapter 5, 9-12 and 2 Corinthians 5, 16-21. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away from you the disgrace of Egypt, and so that place is called Gilgal to this day. While the Israelites were encamped in Gilgal, they kept the Passover in the evening on the fourteenth day of the month in the plains of Jericho. On the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. The manna ceased on the day they ate the produce of the land, and the Israelites no longer had manna. They ate the crops of the land of Canaan that year. In 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, 16, Paul starts... From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Over the last few weeks on a Wednesday, we have been taking a Lenten journey we have walked towards the resurrection. Embracing transformation, new possibilities and new life is what this journey is all about. So far we've travelled through fruitful fields, barren wilderness, countless stars, promises of God both large and small, tables where all are fed. Like threads that sew together a patchwork quilt, this week we begin binding together our journey with repentance, reconciliation and repair. There is a particular concept that our Jewish brothers and sisters use to describe how they are called to respond to a world that feels like it's coming apart at the seams. It's a process that calls all humanity into action. Tikkun olam, in the simplest of terms, means to repair the world. When the fabric of society is torn, tikkun olam, not only calls each of us to participate in mending what is broken but to make it better than it was before it was damaged. And when it comes to the act of repairing the world there are no shortcuts, no easy answers. It is a difficult and time-consuming work of repairing by way of reconciliation and restoration. To repair systems and structures we usually need to break them down to basic levels in order to see where the problem is, address the root cause of failure, and then begin to rebuild. It's not hard to look around this world, our own communities, perhaps even our own families at times, and see a thousand different fissures, cracks where God's harmonious creation has somehow gone awry. Tikkun Olam is not about grand gestures of repair, but rather small acts of kindness, small steps made in faith, small displays of love and solidarity. Each daily action that embodies loving kindness does not necessarily make an immediate large impact, but as we keep loving, as we keep walking in grace, our collective actions all together, combined, can add up. They can begin to make a new world, a whole new creation, Paul urged the gathered community in Corinth to expand their vision to see that everything has become new. This kind of seeing moves beyond what our eyes can plainly see. Humanity has always tended to focus on what is broken, what is limiting, what is imperfected, both in ourselves and in the world. What if, on our way to building a new and better world, all the limits we put on people and things... Are suddenly dismantled? What if we start to see the world through the eyes of Christ, whose eyes saw human difference as an opportunity to expand the reign of God on earth? Jesus saw through all barriers and boundaries, broke them to the point where even death lost its finality. Jesus, through all brokenness and hopelessness, poured himself out to the point where love conquered all. What if part of our Lenten discipline involved learning to see with grace-healed eyes? What if we learned how to see with a newer, broader vision, so that the widening of our vision leads to a widening of our heart? What if we focused on the threads of creation that bind us together, and through the work of reconciliation and love, begin to stitch the threads of a new creation, threads that bind us closer to one another and to God? In many different ways in these challenging times, we see the binding together of threads already. In the offers of neighbours to collect shopping or a prescription. In the sharing of phone numbers between strangers. Call me if you need anything. In the community response of people pitching in to be part of a volunteer movement. In our fractured society, in the face of COVID-19, people have quickly been drawn together into collective goodwill for others. It's a sign of what we can do, what can be done, when we bind ourselves together in love and friendship and in outlook, loving others. We can keep people safe. We can protect and restore wellness. The reading from Paul recalls a prophecy from Isaiah about the world made new. Do not remember the former things, said Isaiah, or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing, says God. Paul continues this theme, telling us the new creation is always and everywhere already in our midst. It has always been created. It is created by us and in us through Christ. We are the vision of God, if you like. We are the ones that are resurrected with Christ. We are the ones who, while walking in the wilderness way, have found living water in the desert. We are the ones who can look up at the stars and see God's hand in creation and take strength from that, even in challenging times. And it's no longer enough to simply see and perceive that a new world is possible, Because we are to be the agents of reconciliation, who keep working to bring God's vision into reality, Paul proclaims, so if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. We need to be the ones who facilitate this, who work it into the world. How can our Lenten journey help us to see beyond the obstacles and stumbling blocks, the places where the fabric of humanity seems to be threadbare and torn, And how can we begin to open the eyes of our hearts to dream of a world fully reconciled and renewed, resurrected and restored? The good news is Christ keeps calling, beckoning, pulling at us, drawing us together so that all creation might be reconciled to God. The good news is that when we see the frayed edges of human injustice and indignity with the eyes of Christ, then we are compelled to start the work of repair and the work of mending. The world will never glimpse God's vision unless we share it, unless we make a concerted effort to say with our hearts and our lives, this is where the world has been torn asunder, this is where love is calling us to go, this is what love is calling us to bind and to build. In these times of challenge, love needs to come from us and work through us in whatever ingenious, resourceful and safe meaning self-protecting and others protecting we let us heal the heart and soothe the fear in our world today let us point to the places where water flows in the deserts of life where there is hope where there is opportunity let us work to live into the fullness of god's good creation let us see beauty while creating Harmony, justice and reconciliation. One small, kind, loving, caring act at a time. Amen. A prayer from the moderator of the Church of Scotland in the face of coronavirus, COVID-19. Living God, in our hour of need we turn again to you, for we have nowhere else to turn. We put our faith in you because you have proved your faithfulness time and time again. We reaffirm our love for you because you never let us go. We thank you that you're not distant from us, but have drawn near in your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. He has shared our life, tasted our death and defeated it. He understands our worries and our fears. Help us to respond as your children now. We pray for this pandemic spreading across our world, remembering all who have lost loved ones and praying for those seriously ill at this time. We uphold the National Health Service as it responds to this added pressure on its already overstretched services. We pray for doctors and nurses, all in the caring professions, who work to help and support people as best they can We remember those working behind the scenes, testing samples, confirming results, giving information to patients. We uphold others trying to understand this virus better, working to create an effective remedy. We pray for our governments in Westminster and Holyrood as they work with the best medical advice to guide us on how we should respond and what action to take. We pray that these guidelines might be taken seriously and that all would put them into action. May this crisis bring out the best in us, not the worst. Help us to live by faith, not by fear, to build bridges, not barriers, and to resist all who would speak ill of any other group. May we not forget our responsibility to one another, not least the vulnerable and voiceless in our communities. Help us to find ways to keep in touch that we might offer reassurance to those with underlying health issues, for those who. We pray for those who have been laid off as their work disappears for financial hardship for individuals and businesses, for the impact on the economy and pensions when austerity has left its mark. We pray for those whose trips both for business and pleasure have been cancelled and others where events long anticipated and planned for have been postponed. For those making contingency planning for home-based work or childcare or exams, may our inconvenience not blind us to others' loss. We remember those who cannot visit loved ones in lockdown care homes for the elderly whose social contacts have been severely curtailed. Help us find creative ways for keeping in touch, of assuring them that they're not forgotten or ignored. May congregations find new ways of living through these times. May we not let our faith be diminished, but draw strength from it. So may our worship be heartfelt, our fellowship deepen, and our service increase. God of grace and God of mercy, hear our prayers at this time, strengthen us by your Spirit so that we may carry on our lives as best we are able, looking out for others, showing love in action, being faithful in prayer and bringing encouragement, hope and peace, always trusting in you, our rock and our redeemer. These prayers we bring to you, in Jesus' name, Amen.